from pole position. Valtteri Bottas can now make it to the final corner to see the chequered flag, and Bottas crosses the line to win the Turkish Grand Prix. It has been the commanding performance, and that will give him a huge cheer as he leaves Mercedes at the end of this season and heads off to Alfa Romeo. Behind him, though... Fresh off of a very wet Grand Prix in Turkey. It wasn't um, that wet. It, it's been a wet weekend. Like, it wasn't qualifying that was wet. wet. Like, it was wet, but it wasn't that wet. You know what? Last year it was wet. I saw Louis run the inners to flat, uh, into um, slicks, and he secured a seventh world championship. I was hoping for some magic today, but it didn't happen. How are you feeling as a diehard Mercedes fan when you guys fucked up that call? I'm very happy with Valtteri. He didn't screw up his start. He did what he needed to do. And he secured his double-digit 10th victory. So that's all I wanted. Because once he goes to Alpha, he may never get another victory. He's not so even stepping on a podium ever now, Well, I wouldn't go that far. He's but now never that, stepping on a podium. I'm putting it on wax right now. <laughs> now that today. he has number 10, I'm forever happy. Um, however, listen... Lewis should have listened to the team on the first call and came in when everyone else was but pitting. why? I just think he would have had more time to run out the, uh, the graininess and then make the attack at the end. However, because he waited another eight-plus laps, um, if he had stayed, he was just going to—he was losing pace and he would have lost those two spots. And when he pitted, he lost those two spots. So regardless, it was a bad call by both the— by both the team and by Lewis. There were seven laps left, I think, when he pitted. And I don't think... I think it would have been a close call. I think he could have defended off Perez. However, I think the the what the team looked at, and I was listening to Toto post-race, and he said, if you gamble and stay, you're losing pace, right? Um, and there's also the, the chance that the tire blows. Yeah, and if the tire blows and we have the DNF, it's catastrophic in the points. Yeah, I mean, you got to trust the driver in that point, right? I mean, it's his championship to lose. So, I don't know. I'm on Team Lewis this time. I'm on Team Lewis this time. It was side. all in all. I'm, what I'm most happy about is the pace that Mercedes has. Yes, it's a very grippy track. But in the straight, in a straight line, the Mercedes has is way faster than the Red Bull. I don't think so. I think and, it's the way the cars are set up. And... Christian Horner and Red Bull have launched a um, review for the FIA to find out where Mercedes has got all this pace. So I'm not going to swear on this podcast, but can we just like stop talking about Red Bull? It's the same. We talk about the same thing. They're like, they just well, cry. Christian Horner's wondering where they found an extra 15 kilometers an hour on the So straights. do you think Lewis put steroids in his arms and that's how he got the pace? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't care because what at the end of the day, the FIA drugs. is going to do their job. Lewis, they found the pace. Good for them. And think, we're going to Austin. Do you think they have performance enhancing drugs? They definitely don't. And I know that Christian, as we get down into these final few races, they're going to be looking for every single little thing to just challenge Mercedes. I can't stand Red Bull, man. It's regardless. Mercedes is up in the constructors. Six points between Lewis and Max going into one of Lewis's favorite tracks on the calendar. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, they're plus, they walked away this weekend with a plus three positive in terms of the constructors championship. Obviously, Lewis is behind, but I mean, 
other than that little debate, you can't ask for that much more. I mean, you're only six points behind. If you win the next race, you're ahead. If he gets a fast lap, you're tied. So, I mean, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but if they need a new power unit, then Lewis has to take another. I don't think he needs to do anything else now down the stretch. I mean, if he does, it'll be really unfortunate if you have to take another penalty but start, start at the back of the grid. Um, quickly, who's your driver for the day? You know, obviously, signs came all the way up. He, he, he drove really well. I think my driver of the day was Checo. Yeah, Checo's first podium in a while. Checo dro- drove really well today. Obviously, he got that good start off where he came into fourth. And you know what? He held off Lewis like a masterclass. So, you know, you got to show did. all the respect to They were to wheel Checo. to wheel. That was a great battle. What was encouraging for me right from the start, and this was a fun race. Like, I enjoyed it. There was a lot going on. Right off the lights out and away we go, Lewis charged up the grid pretty Pretty quickly. I mean, it took him a few laps to get past Sonoda, but then he made his way up fast. And I was pretty encouraged thinking that he was going to get to the podium. So irrespective of what happened later in the race, it was encouraging to see how fast he was. And and on a track that's not famous for overtaking, he was overtaking people really easily. Yeah, I mean, he was taking some good lines. He kept doing that outside move, which worked for him. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this race. I mean, I still think Lewis would have finished fourth at worst case scenario if... Uh, if he, he stayed was, out, he was, he was still, he was, he was 11 lap, seconds up. It would have been a, he would have had a four second deficit on the last lap. Okay. But then he still would have been ahead of, he probably would have been right where Pierre Gasly was. So, so you're saying he would have been in the same he spot. He would have finished fifth regardless, yeah. but there could have been a chance he finished higher. Yes. Stayed that's up. what I'm saying. But the other chance is the tire blows. Yeah. If the tire blows, the tire blows. And your DNF. Yeah. I was so excited when and, I was And you hearing, know what? You could start number 10 and then someone can hit you in the side. So should we just switch to 20th? Yeah. No, that that's We're that's talking fair. what ifs, right? So I'm saying pure pace if his tire stays, I think he finishes fifth worst case. And I think he mo- probably finishes fourth and Max is only up uh, four points instead of six points. I, I was holding out because obviously we heard Max on the radio having issues with his gearbox. Like then it was his uh, steering wheel. I was hopeful that something was going to happen. It didn't. Um, and obviously Max drove a, Max and Valtteri kind of drove their own race. It was boring. He Charles said Claire, <laughs> Charles is just like disappointing me. He got greedy and he messed up, but he should have just took the pit and he would have finished third. Yeah. Agreed. And what this race taught me was you forget cause you're watching on TV and you have a lot of the data. The drivers sometimes don't even know where they are on the track. Like Lewis asking, what place is he? And when he found out he was P5, obviously how pissed off he was. But yeah, like they just have their steering wheel and the track. So yeah, they just locked into their grid, right? Which was kind of crazy because you think that they know everything, but they're relying on their engineer to tell them. And it was definitely a little bit heated between Bono and Lewis. Yeah, I don't think Lewis is happy with Bono at all. I think that's going to be a very interesting dynamic heading into the next race. I mean, Mercedes saved Lewis from missing out last, uh, last race. So they obviously saved him. That one, this one, I felt like they cost him. Just be, just if the tire didn't blow, I think he could at least finish fourth. If not, I mean, Lewis is also a world champion. I think you give him that two or three laps or maybe he holds off Checo, right? Like, you got to I mean, Ocon went the whole way. That was crazy on one tire. So, I, I mean, I gamble on Lewis, man. He's and, it, and you know what? If he misses, that's his own problem, right? That's his driver's championship. He has to live with it. He has to live with it, right? So, it's like, Lewis, you made the call. It's not like... Lando, where McLaren is like as a team just trying to fight for these points. Mercedes is pretty solid with the Constructors' Cup right now. And I just feel like they should have let Lewis do his thing. They should have trusted in Lewis. 
I agree. It's just crazy that this race in Turkey, back-to-back years, is almost identical in conditions. I heard it was a lot more wet. Yeah, but they both races ended on intermediates. Yeah, but I mean, I, like people spun out a lot in the last circuit race. I don't. However, and I wanted to ask you this because I looked and I try to read as much on it as possible. They redid the track to add grip. How do you add grip? Because all the drivers were saying how amazing the grip was. Probably um, levels, like how the track is leveled out on how turns work and how it just, you reconstruct a track where the way the cars maneuver has more grip on the surface. They said it has something to do with how they lay the asphalt. And I'm like, what? That makes sense too. I mean, I have no idea. Because it's the exact same track just being resurfaced to add grip. Oh, it's the same track. So I don't even remember last year's track, to be honest. I mean, I watched, I rewatched it. That's why last year was so slippery. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, they just re-asphalted it. That just means the asphalt is brand new, so which probably has more grip into it. I would assume that makes sense. I, I just didn't realize that it could get right down to the way they lay the asphalt. Probably, I'm assuming so. <laughs> I mean, if you lay a new piece of hardwood, I think it's going to be a little more slippery than old ones, right? So maybe the asphalt, I don't know. Listen, I'm not a uh, asphalt I don't know even, pro. I don't even know why you're bringing this up. Like, but I'm it's an just like, pro. there's so many factors that go into racing that a lot of people just think that it's people driving around in circles. We know it's not. And it's, there's a million different details that go into it. Yeah, 100%. So let's, let's, let's talk, talk about this. Do you actually think that Mercedes has more pace than Red Bull? Yes, I'm convinced. How come? You're, you're kind of a homer so, when it comes to okay. Mercedes. So up until Silverstone, we were seeing the tables turn. Red Bull was faster. Um, Lewis could not keep up. Yeah. The whole Silverstone thing happens. Mm-hmm. We come back from Silverstone, and it's like Mercedes is just back. So now they start catching up. They, they take the lead. Mm-hmm. And then this weekend, obviously, Lewis made the change. But from qualifying and even the weekend prior, Mercedes is quicker. And the straight line speed confirmed today by Christian Horner, who has submitted an appeal to the FIA, specific, specifically said they have found an extra 15 to 20 kilometers on the straight. I mean, I think Red Bull's... I generally think Red Bull's having uh, struggles with their suspension. So I think that once they figure that out, I think the pace will be back to where it was, where it's pretty neck and neck. I mean, you hear Max talk about how he's been struggling with balance for the last two races. Definitely. So I I definitely don't, I I don't think that is true, that Mercedes has more, like found more pace in general. Maybe down a straight they have more pace, but I still think that when you look at qualifying and you look at the last two qualifyings, Red Bull was off by what? three tenths of a second and both times you heard Max saying he's struggling with grip in this car so I think it should be an interesting kind of narrative as the story goes on so if Lewis wins I think the topic of conversation for Red Bull will be that Silverstone is what cost him this season because they had to rebuild their car and since then it hasn't been the same yeah I mean that's fair I mean you know me and you both said there's no way there's two cars are the exact same but you know people will argue that Cars are just a bunch of parts put together in panels, so they should be. But we'll see what happens, man. I'm excited for the end of the season. It should be really fun, a fun finish. And that's where uh, listening to Christian Horner's complaint today, and um, you know, the more I hear the, Christian Horner, I just want to like, I just want to end this podcast. I know, but I can't listen, stand Christian Horner. They're, they're between Lewis and his his eighth um, championship. So they said to uh, they, the commentators were saying to uh, Christian that. 
well, it's a downforce that they've changed, right? Like, and he was like, yeah, I don't know about, about all that. The reality is, I believe, and we've talked about the greats in this sport, Mercedes and Lewis, can't say the same for Valtteri, but Mercedes and Lewis, the attention to detail, the time they put into it, I think they care more in the way that they analyze the car, in the way that they make subtle changes. It just seems that the great drivers are the ones that are in the garage with the mechanics. I think you're reaching. Okay. I think you're like, you're like reaching just like someone in basketball reaches. <laughs> like, I wouldn't say care. They might be just a better team. That's why they're seven, to- seven time world champions. I don't, I don't think you're going to say that Red Bull doesn't care as much as Mercedes. Red Bull probably cares more because they haven't won since 2014. Yeah. I mean, two, maybe since I'm just caught up in the bias. You're, you're, you're stretching in the, hard in the garage for that. going hard. You're stretching hard for that one. I would just say Mercedes <laughs> is a better team and they may have better strategy strategists and, they may have more money to work with, but I don't think anybody, I don't think between you talking about the level they care. No, I think that's incorrect. But I think that Mercedes is a better team and that's why they're leading the Constructors' Cup. Agreed. So um, some other stories. It was um, nice to see both AlphaTauri and Aston Martin in the top 10 to start the race. Mm-hmm. I think great signs for them. Um, and also it was Mick's best qualifying ever. Yeah, no, that was really cool to see Mick. What happened with Aston Martin race? I don't even pay attention to those guys. Well, I don't know what Vettel was thinking going on to the mediums. I mean, there was a dry line towards the end of the it race, right? It was just right? terrible. He got out there and he was on skates. But there was a dry line towards the end of the race, right? There towards was. the end. So they yeah. said he was just maybe 10 laps too early. Yeah, he was but... 10 laps too early. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, think that was stupid. Lose, what did so. Stroll do? I feel like Stroll just hung in 10th the whole time. Yeah, like he just held, kept his position and that was it. Man, like, that guy doesn't do anything, man. <laughs> I, wouldn't, guy, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, that guy doesn't do anything. But anyways, yeah, I mean, it was cool to see Mick. What did he, what did he qualify in 15th? 15th, I believe. 15th or 14th, I think. Yeah. He got into Q2. No, which was, was 15th. Yeah, wherever he qualified, it was amazing to see Mick get into Q2. Um, you, what's up with Mazepin, bro? Your boy Mazepin. I, I know. I, I'm a Mazepin fan, but you're like, hey, Mazepin and Mick are competitive. He hasn't got into Q2 like Mick. He also was like a good two seconds behind him on on uh, Q Q one, and then he just cut off Lewis, man. I think that was a big, I think that was a huge part that nobody talks about. That part where he cut off Lewis, Lewis was a second behind Perez, and then put him back two seconds after that one. Yeah, you a little bit, you a little mad at Mazepin now because he cut off your boy or what? Nah, I I think that Mazepin is um, just you know opinionated here, but I think Mazepin is very hot headed and the ultimate competitor and it is affecting his behavior. He doesn't understand how to drive uh, from a professional level. He's, he's driving based on pure emotion. And where do you think the Mazepin and Mick kind of this debate starts? I think this whole, from what I've seen this season, Mick is way better. All right, cool. Cause off wax, you said, I don't know. Mazepin's yeah, catching up and to you him. know, I, I've started to pay a little bit more attention to the Haas and um, Mick has looked traditionally Mick better is, than him. Is better, and we saw it in qualifying. The fact that he put that Haas in contention with some of the best cars on the track is pretty impressive. And I, and I, I'm now going record saying this, and Mick's gone on record, and so is Benato or however you say his name. It's Benato, right? For who? Ferrari? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mick always gets better as the years go on. His first year is always shaky, even F two and F three, 
and he makes drastic improvements as the year goes on and he continues to improve year after year. So I'm really excited for Mick's career. It's really good to see him in the Q2. Sad for my boy George. He fucked but, up my yeah, prediction. There's nothing to really talk about Williams in this race. No, when he spun out on the qualifying. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Definitely. That was really he sad. would have put himself into Q3. Q3, Q3 yeah. Remember, so. I made the prediction, so that's the only reason I bring it up is that he destroyed himself. He was on a flying lap. It was impressive, and, you know. What about Alonzo? Yeah, well, Alonzo's race got screwed by Gasly. So. Yeah, he got screwed, but I expected him to make up some places, but he kind of sat at 17th, 16th the whole time. Didn't make up places, and um, we haven't brought it up, but your papaya orange struggled today, bro. They did struggle. Listen, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon like you. I picked a team that's that's half I've decent. I've been following Lewis and Mercedes for a very long time. You, for like four or five years, they've been at the top, bro. So stop telling. So don't act like you're not bro. on the bandwagon. We'll wow. see. We'll see if you stay on Mercedes when they when when if they go downhill. That's what I'm gonna say. Okay. All right, we'll don't, see. don't say your papaya orange like like uh, like I own them or something. Well, I'm no, that's your team. It's my team. But so like, I was just letting you know they. Yeah. you know we didn't talk about it. You but didn't your have to team let me know. I knew I knew they struggled. Um, <laughs> let's talk about it. I mean, I just don't think from this from day one. I don't think Lando got comfortable in that car, did he? Since the incident? No, since like since practice one, I feel like him and Ricardo have been struggling with the car all weekend. I think maybe they, they uh, did struggle, and Ricardo even with the new engine struggled. I think maybe uh, they tried to do the downforce or switch their, their car setup a little bit like Mercedes, and maybe they just never figured it out. But, I mean, that happens, right? I think when you're you're not a top team like Mercedes and Red Bull and you don't have the pace, if you make an adjustment to your car and your drivers can't figure it out, you're going to see the struggle. I mean, overall, he drove an okay race. I mean, what did he finish? Seventh? Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't it. it. I think we've been spoiled with their success this year, and you're used to much better results. Yeah, I... Did he really have a bad race? I mean, this put, it, put I'm it in thinking perspective. Ricardo. Let me put it in perspective, right? It was Bottas, Red Bull, Lewis, and Ferrari. And then Gasly and him. It's like Gasly's been in the top five, top six all year, right? Top seven. What happens if there's no penalty? Does Gasly finish ahead of Hamilton? Probably. I mean, Lando's finishing right where he's supposed to. He might he might have switched between him and Charles. Like, But Charles finished fourth, right? I mean, you know Red Bulls and Mercedes just have an advantage on on everybody else. So that's four spots already taken. So he finished right around where I expect McLaren between five and seven, but any, and you know, with uh Valtteri strong finish today, it, it really puts him ahead of Lando and into that third spot nicely. Yeah. I mean, does it even matter being the third place driver? In the I think just personally as a competitor, money? I don't, I don't have no idea on that, but I think as a competitor, I mean, there's better than fourth, right? So, yeah. And I think uh Carlos and uh Charles are like half a point, uh, in their in their competition. Yeah. Speaking of Charles and, uh, you know, Carlos, there's been these rumors, but I, I think the rumors are fake about the tension between... Why would they be fake? Just listening to the commentary around this weekend, it seems like everything's fine. Yeah, I mean, Charles may be upset about certain things, but doesn't mean he takes it out on Carlos. I think his beef is not with Carlos. His beef is with Benato. With the team. So the team's listening to Carlos over him. Yes. And he's obviously his ego. He's supposed to be the future, the number one driver. So, yeah, I don't don't, don't think that's a problem. I mean, I think you would notice between drivers. I don't think it's that noticeable between teams. I don't know how much we put into it. I definitely think where there's smoke, there's fire. Right? Yeah. But I I don't know how bad it is. It might be overblown, right? It might be overblown. But I definitely think there's probably some truth to it. It's just how far that truth is. Ferrari had a good... I think Ferrari had a great weekend. Carlos drove exceptional. Um, 
And, you know, yeah, Charles did all right. I mean, Charles finished fourth. How did he do all right? I think with him, I would have taken the same gamble and stayed out. That's no, I mean, he he clearly doesn't want to drive in the wet like Lewis. So I'm with uh, Slicks. I would say I think they had a great weekend. I mean, where else would Charles be? The fourth. Like, yeah, think about I mean, it. Like, when you put it in into perspective like that, it does make sense. I, I, I can't say how you're going to say Signs had a great weekend climbing and Charles being fourth. That's not a great week. I think that's a great week at Ferrari. Yeah. Because you know fair. what? They, they finish above one Mercedes and McLaren. And they made some serious leeway in the third place constructors. For sure. So let's now talk about Austin. So a couple storylines, right? Obviously, the championship battle is just the pressure is increasing. Mm-hmm. We're heading to America. The Americas. You know, it is. But really, yes, the Americas, but America. We're going to Austin, Texas for the American Grand Prix. It is the American Grand Prix because Miami's not here yet. Yeah. This is Formula One strategy. We're coming to the U.S. Mm. There's now all of this talk about Andretti Sports that's going to buy Alfa Romeo, another American team into the sport. What do, you, do you think there's going to be a ton of hype around this just from a U.S. coverage standpoint? No, I don't. I don't think we're there yet. I, I think that's coming in when Miami happens. I still think it's very much an international sport, but God bless America. You know, we're excited. We're excited to go to America. I'm excited for the Austin Grand Prix. But I think like it's just going to be another race in uh, the Grand Prix. Um, I think there's a level of excitement around it that I, is traditionally I maybe not being there. I think we're still two, three years old. I think Miami will be hyped because it's a brand new course and you'll see a lot of uh Publicity just around the fact that Miami's going to have first like Bosch, Wade, LeBron. They're all going to be at the Miami yeah. race. But I still think Austin's just another race. I think we're still two or three years out. If Andretti does purchase Alfa Romero, I wonder. Do they rename it? Yeah, that's a big thing. But I know that Alfa Romero has a lot of ties with kind of the team, Ferrari, uh, Sauber. Like they just renewed their engine with Sauber. So I think it's still going to be Alfa Romero, but. It just may have more American influence. Well, I was looking at Andretti's uh, portfolio with their indie um, cars and all the rest of it. I'm very on the belief that they're going to rebrand it. It's so not what are they rebranding it to? I think it's going to be an American company. Like, a, I think it's going to be an American car manufacturer. I think that's terrible. It it may the engine's not going to change, but I hear it's you. Not going to be Alfa Romeo. But but who do you want to be the? I, you want to be the could the be Ford. Ford, that's terrible, bro. That's terrible for it's F1. It's terrible, f- maybe like when you think of it that way. But for American, no, I know, but it's terrible for F1. Can you imagine seeing Ford is in tenth? Is in yeah, 12th? I, I know <laughs> from that aspect. But we have to think about the the growth and the betterness of this sport and what it does for the sport having American influence. I'm still thinking we're about five years out from like real American influence and like. 15 well 13 to 15 years from an American driver so I still think we're a ways out I mean you have to look at when it comes to these corporations that are this huge it's not just overnight so I still think we're probably about five years away from a lot like a lot of Americans uh jumping onto the bandwagon and really enjoying well, we're the hearing it right like almost on a weekly basis how more and more people in the U.S. are watching mm-hmm. the sport so do you think that um like Andretti's, whatever this company, like they were probably, who knows if Formula One was ever on their horizon. Now all of a sudden there are Americans talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's probably piqued the interest of many investors. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I, don't, I don't really look at it from an investment point of view, but I'm sure it has. Like 
And what happens to Gene Haas? Like, I think they're here to stay, aren't they? Yeah, but does Gene now look to kind of leverage this momentum on the U.S. front to find a partner? Because can he continue to self-fund this team by himself? I mean, the way that they do it using used chassis, I'm sure they can. <laughs> All right. That, that's enough. That's, I don't need to say anything more on Haas. Used chassis. Right, yeah. I guess if they want to use the scraps like Lewis did in Cardian, they can continue. Yeah, they can for sure. I mean, we'll see what happens with Haas. I mean, with the new regulations going in next year, it's a whole new ball game, as we always discuss. So Yeah, we're going to find Gene and Gunter in the scrapyard. I, but, I'm, <laughs> but, like, they both use used chassis. It's just... Even Mick was using a used chassis. They, they say I was watching about it. It's just um, Nikita's was Roma, yeah. Roman Grosjean's, which was more damaged. So it's very interesting. I mean, F1 is like a whole chess game. I can already see the memes of Gunter picking up a piece of scrap steel and being like, Gene, I found it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. No, no Gunter disrespected. <laughs> um Let's talk about a little fun, a little fun thing. If F one was a chess game, what would the driver be? The queen. Think so? Yeah. Okay. So they're the one. What would Toto be? The king? Or would he be like the whole the bishop because he can kind of? I think he's dance a bishop he because he kind of plays in and out of both roles. And the bishop is the. Not the, no, I'm no, the knight. No, yeah, he's, he's a knight. knight. Sorry, the yeah. knight. So you think he's a knight because he kind of he's a knight. He yeah. kind of slippery, slippery, get himself wherever he and needs to get. And obviously the the mechanics, the guys change the, the tires, pawns. the pawns. Yeah, I mean those guys are important too. I mean we play chess, and you know pawn, the pawns are such a big thing, right? But um, and where do you think uh, where do you think Valtteri is? Like it's one team. Is Valtteri the rook that just can move up and down, or or is he just another set of pieces and he's another queen? Um, are they one team? No, the drivers are just the one queen, obviously. Okay, That's so, the way I look so they it. get their own board. Yeah. Okay. But you're saying Toto, like we both, is the horsey. Yeah. It's the horsey. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> this guy said the horsey. That's fam. what we call it here in Thailand. That's crazy. Um, this race, their pit stops were back to traditional speed. Like, what happened? They probably just figured it out. They went from that weird time where everyone was putting in three to five second pits, and now we're back to two. I mean, they just probably practiced a lot. They had two weeks. Obviously, they changed the rules, I think, two races ago, and they probably didn't have time to adjust. But as you heard on broadcast, there's a lot more human input involved in it now, right? So um, good to see. I mean, I'd rather see clean pit stops than see a lot of broken pit stops. I mean, that's what cost Lewis uh, a couple points in Monza. I think if uh, we don't have that incident in Monza, Lewis is probably ahead of Max right now. Or, Agreed. Or a couple points. Whoever wins this year, right, Max or Lewis, at the end of the year, once we know the result, we'll be able to actually go back and look at the, the entire calendar and look at so many different examples of a slight shift and the other person wins. Yeah. Because it's going to be... I look the at The way Baku. it's going is single... It's going to be in single-digit points. I look at Baku. Yeah, Baku. Lewis, Max, that's, that's the one that... Well, I me, mean, Max spun out for no reason. Yeah. Right? So if that probably tire doesn't blow... Which I think they were only seven or ten laps on it, so it's not like it should have blown. Max would have been f- free home, and that was seven points. He'd be up it's thirteen crazy points. That, that tire malfunction. Because like right now he's up six, so he would have been up thirteen points, and Lewis would have finished in, with second place because they wouldn't have had the start. Yeah. Right. So I think Baku's huge. I mean, when you look at from both aspects, if Max doesn't blow tire, 
he has a bigger gap, and obviously Lewis messed up. I mean, you should have been happy to take second place, Lewis. You would have had 18 points. You'd be exactly. up 12 points right now. Exactly, and that's it, right? I, when you look at Baku, you had a very easy opportunity to capitalize, and it was the greed in Lewis that cost him. So he may be kicking himself for it, but I think what we're starting to see, and we saw today, is as this now heats up into the final stretch, you could hear it in Lewis's voice. He's normally not that animated. He was very frustrated. They understand the he understands the value now of every single point. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's no different than when him and Rosberg fought it out at the last race in Singapore. Uh, no, sorry, it was it was in was it in Singapore? I think that race in 2016. Yeah, it was. It was in Singapore, right? So, uh, no, it was in Abu Dhabi. Was it okay? Wherever it was, whether Singapore, or Abu Dhabi, they had five points between them. Um, so let me ask you this then. If Lewis wins, does he clinch it on the last race? Yeah, it's. I think I've said it before, so I'm gonna change my. It's gonna go down to the final race. You think if Max? I think if Max wins, it'll be clinched by with two, two to three races left. It's going down for both both drivers. It's gonna come down to that final race. Okay, cool. Um, who was your uh, dud driver of the day? Dud driver of the day. Like, blown tire. We'll call it the blown tire of the day. Blown tire? I mean, definitely Alonzo, man. I mean, that's not his fault. No, but Alonzo didn't climb back up, like we said. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's not his fault. Like, I I don't hold him. I mean, that's fair if you you find I mean, if it's not um, Alonzo, you know, maybe it's Ricardo. Like, just... I'm going with Ricardo. It was a very, very... It was a bad qualifying. Actually, can we go with Ricardo? He made his way up to, like, 11th. I don't know. He was just unimpressed. went from 20th to You 11th. know what? The whole back grid, they, I did not pay attention to anyone in the back grid today. I'm actually giving it to Yuki. Really? Yuki spun out. Yuki gave up no fight against Lewis. I mean, yeah, from what like, he's supposed to do. Do you expect any better from Yuki, bro? He finished 14th. He was in like, I think he was in 8th or 9th when he started. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, it's, I'm not like surprised by it. Or do you give it to Sebastian? Yo, Vettel, that, listen... Four-time champ, making that kind of dumb mistake, telling his team to go on the mediums? Come on, bro. Yeah, I'm giving it to Yuki. Are you sticking with Ricardo? I'm pretty sure Ricardo finished 11th. No, I'm going to stick with my initial, which was Alonzo. Alonzo, okay. Yeah. I, I I think Alonzo, whatever, he stayed where he was, but I think his race got ruined by Pierre. I mean, your driver today <laughs> actually might be Pierre Gasly. Pierre did a phenomenal P- job. I, 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 like, we don't talk about Pierre enough. Pierre's and- really good. This is the other thing that we also don't talk about is, at the end of the day, Mercedes is out, out there against two teams. Because it's two Red Bull teams. And yes, like obviously Lewis did not struggle passing Yuki or Gasly today. But the reality is they're following Red Bull orders. And they can make Mercedes' life more challenging. When do you think Christian makes a call to just hit Lewis in the side? I thought it was going to be today. Oh, you thought they were going to DNF Lewis today? I thought that Yuki was going to pull some dumb shit when, when, <laughs> when Lewis passed it. Hey, man, shout out to them. They, they drove a Everyone today, for the most part, was super respectful with giving space. Yeah, and uh, at, like they said on broadcast, both Checo and Lewis, they both felt they gave too much space on at points. So, I mean, I respect that because you would think that Checo wouldn't care because he's like, if Max wins, like, I did my job, theoretically. Yeah, like, can you imagine? But it, it, I really respect Checo even more because it shows that he's a really respectful racer. That When you think about it, like, 
in the moment, if Checo does that, obviously there's going to be a penalty, but it doesn't affect Max, and Max is the ultimate winner, and it's crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, Checo, at the same time, too, they're racing at half, sorry, they're racing at really high speeds. I don't think you want to risk your life for yeah, some no, points, nobody, too, right? Nobody yeah. wants to. It's, Get it an accident. Crazy. You know, yeah. the... Um, Talking about speed, when George made that mistake on the slowest part of the track, like the the broadcast team said, you know, yeah, it looks slow, but they're still hitting that that corner at a hundred clicks an hour. Yeah, which I, is just nuts. It's really interesting to see, and we didn't talk about this at all, but like they were talking about everybody was overcorrecting, like every single driver on the grid, other than obviously the ones that didn't spin out. But I wonder why every dro- driver that spun out was so keen on overcorrecting themselves. Very interesting just to think feel, about. I think maybe just not used to the amount of grip that they had talking to that from earlier. Yeah, and you got to think about this too, right? Like other drivers will just, usually sometimes it's like under undercompensate, but it's just pure overcompensate, overcompensate, overcompensate. So a very interesting race. I mean, I had a lot of fun watching this race. I don't think people thought this was as entertaining as maybe some other races, but I think there's so much sub-narratives in the race. And it there was. was so much going on that... I was paying attention to George because obviously I'm a George fan. Then I was paying attention to Orlando was, and obviously I, we're I know at the there's one grid. team that we haven't brought up today that no one paid attention because I don't think the broadcast even covered them one bit. Team is that? It was Alfa Romeo. Yeah, they did. They talked about Kimi. I didn't even know Kimi was out there today. Yeah, I knew Kimi was out there. They were talking about how Kimi had a better pace, uh, pace than Giovinazzi. Oh my god, Kimi is just. Didn't they finish like 11, 12? I, I mean, 13, 14? I could not tell you, but I, I mean, know that the sport's going to be so much better when the Iceman Kimmy's gone. Because wow, Kimmy's got a world championship, bro. Yeah, you know, yeah. You you a always lot, talk about lot. how difficult it is, and you got to yeah. give your flowers. So but like, give is, Kimmy his flowers. He has, he has, he is long overdue his stay. Like he has he. I mean, he was competitive in twenty nineteen. He might have overstayed by one year. I think I think I think you're disrespecting Kimmy a lot. He was he was in a Ferrari t- in 2019, was he not? I feel like he does not look like he has anything anymore out there. I think he's completely. He's also out. in the Alfa Romero. Like you're acting like he's in like a Red Bull or something. He's yeah. in the Alfa Romero. Like you make fun of Alfa Romero all the time, and then you want to say it's Kimmy. Like he's in a shitty car. Yeah, they're bad. They're another. They're there with Haas, man. I mean, they're the ninth place team. Remember, Williams is the eighth place team, so I it's know. like they're in, he's in a ninth place car, and it's crazy that I actually think that Williams is not in the bottom two. I've I've come correct. Williams has impressed me this year, and it's really George. George has done a phenomenal no, I, job. No, I think the team has done a really good job since they've got rid of Claire. Shout out to Claire, <laughs> we miss you. Yo, kind of, not really. Claire had the worst job ever, trying to like level up to her father's legacy. It was never going to happen. Yeah. Did you ever, like, dive into their whole adjustable suspension? No, I didn't. But I just know that Claire was not able to follow up in her her dad's footsteps. Those are big footsteps to fill, bro. And we know it because we've seen it at many levels. I mean, think about our previous past on a business side of things. Like, people that try to fill that role of, the successor. It's it's not easy. I also don't want to look at it that way. I mean, it's not like it was a good team that she inherited. She inherited trash. She inherited trash, and, and she, she also inherited a team with financial troubles. So it's like, I don't really want to rag on Claire too hard on that, but shout out to Williams. I think you guys will be They got a, a good ball team. by Italians, right? 
Italian ownership, I think. I have no idea. I know that they have very strong ties with uh, Volkswagen, that the new ownership. So shout out to Volkswagen, Audi, and Porsche that might be into F1 in 2026. Facts. Anything else you want to talk about before we sign off? Bring on Austin, man. I'm so excited for this Grand Prix. I'm excited for the Grand Prix. I'm just not... Like, this is really random, but I don't know how I feel about watching a race mid-afternoon. I know. It's, it's Today morning was routine. amazing. Being, the race was done like 10.30. No, I know, but it's, it's morning routine. Like, you get up and yeah. F1's on. So it's like, now that it isn't on, and then we have to wait for midday, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I really don't know how I feel about it. That's how it was for me growing up in Africa, right? It was always afternoon because 3 o'clock start, man. So now we actually get to... Feel how it feels to be like the Europeans. The Europeans, it's actually always a three o'clock start. I mean, we're, it won't be three o'clock start for us. It's a four o'clock start. Four o'clock, yeah. So you got to think about this, right? Re- regardless of what it is for us or them, it's just new for us because our routine is morning, morning, morning. I so I- I'm excited, but I just don't know how I feel about F1 starting in the afternoon and not the morning for us. So we'll have a nighttime it's, recording. We will, and it's uh, it's Lewis's track, man. Is it Lewis's track? He is so dominant at Austin. It's... Uh, it is just based on historic history there. It, it's Lewis's. Well, they've only been there as long as Mercedes has been dominant. So that makes sense. But yeah, um, you guys will catch us talking about Austin Grand Prix a couple days before the actual Grand Prix. So we're signing out here and we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Peace.